When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Spacing Out with BB and Jason. A podcast covering Battlestar Galactica. Season 1, Episode 7, Six Degrees of Separation. Welcome back. I'm BB. I forgot. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Woo! Hi, everyone. I'm BB. And I'm Jason. And we're back from a long hiatus to talk about Battlestar Galactica once again. That's right. We're back and wet, wetter than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not as wet as Sharon. Never as wet as her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were gone for a few months. I won't bore you with the details. We've moved a couple times. We were separated, and now we're back. That's not as dramatic as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like we broke up. <laughs> we've just had a change of scenery that's been much needed, and we've both got new jobs in our new city, but that's for a different type of show that we're not here for. We are here to talk about Battlestar Galactica, Season 1, Episode 7. Six Degrees of Separation. Nasty. This aired in the UK on November 29th, 2004, and here in the US on February 18th, 2005. Written by Michael Angeli, directed by Robert Young, and the survivor count given this episode is 47,942. That's right. Uh, so, the plot for this episode, uh, Baltar has an argument with the vision of number six he has in his head and a physical copy of Cylon model number six shows up in Galactica's CIC, claiming to be a woman named Shelley Godfrey who has evidence that proves Baltar has betrayed humanity, except that she's trying to frame him for an act of pre-attack sabotage. That is word weird. Yeah, that was all you. (laughs) (laughs) And then on Caprica, Hilo admits his love for Boomer, and then the two of them subsequently make love during a thunderstorm with Hilo not noticing Sharon's spine glowing red. I'm telling you, if they just fuck doggy (laughs) style in this show, it would be over for them Cylon hoes. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) No one ever thought to turn it around. That's your Cylon detector right there. (laughs) Right there. Peg the guys, too. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah. Uh, interesting, for sure. I really liked how they framed Baltar having this kind of weird way of going in and out of this fantasy realm with the first um, scene being him saying something completely inappropriate to... Nuala. Yeah. Something about foreplay, and she's like, excuse me? <laughs> and then they cut to him going into the bridge or whatever they call it in the show. Uh, <laughs> we've been watching a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he he sees uh, number six in very conservative dress and says something about buttons to them. <laughs> and everybody's shook that he said that. And then he's like, what's up, y'all? 
and the scene plays out so wonderfully. I just really enjoy that. And I might be jumping. Maybe we need to wait. I don't know to yeah, talk about that. There, there's a lot of comedy in this episode. We'll we'll come to that. Let's talk about some trivia first. Yes. Trivia time. What facts could we track down for six degrees of separation? Uh, so this episode is one of a few that don't have any commentary track with it, which leads to not a lot of trivia. Um, in the bathroom scene, Gaius Baltar is whistling the main theme from the original Battlestar Galactica. And in the miniseries episode, that was established to be the colonial national anthem. That's fun. So there was a lot of that stuff in the miniseries that was, it was hard to cover because there were just so much of them referencing the original show. But that was a cool one that they, if you, anyone who had seen the original show would recognize that theme song. I Otherwise, it just exists. Yeah. It's a cute little ditty <laughs> that he sang in the toilet. Yeah. Well, and he, he whispered very shittily. <laughs> I whisper, I, I whistle just like that. Like, very poorly. Yeah. Uh, and then later down the road, when we get to the movie The Plan, we will see more about how Shelley Godfrey or why she tried to accuse him of treason and how she got off the ship. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I remember that. And then we have a little section of trivia we call OK Boomer. And it's when we kind of touch base on anything that connects to the original Battlestar Galactica or the upcoming Battlestar Galactica. OK, so I'm confused. I guess I thought that the bathroom scene would be segment for okay probably would be okay <laughs> yeah um but for the i mean you would think having not recorded in so long there'd be more news on the upcoming show but there's really not um i think the pandemic has slowed a lot of production down in general though so yeah and some shows have announced kind of more how much it's affected them and yeah. this one has just kind of been pretty silent we did get some weird news of like how they plan to have kind of a non-traditional release structure with episodes that could be extremely short um, they might release like a few of them together because they're part of one arc and then wait to release others. It, That's yeah, interesting. Kind of a weird streaming thing that they, since they have the freedom to do it, they're going to try something. So did you, okay. So I hadn't watched, um, the Mandalorian until just recently. And I didn't realize that, um, the actor who plays Kara Trace is in the Mandalorian as a Mandalorian. Yep. And I thought that was pretty cool to see her working in other shows because I don't really see a lot of the actors in current media and it's pretty cool that she's kind of in a space show again even if yeah. it's like a short I think they might come back she might have like another arc and I know they're doing a lot of other developments that might be interesting to see yeah I think I don't want to spoil anything from that show but like I think this third season is going to focus more on her story arc yeah yeah it was a pretty cool so if she you also, like uh, before she played it in live action she voiced that character in the animated shows oh that's cool see I didn't know that because I don't watch the animated series because there's too many episodes. Yeah. it's How many seasons of the animated one are there? There's seven of Clone Wars and four of Rebels. That's and then a there's lot. Yeah. More coming out. Fucking kids get so, all yeah. the shows. Yeah. Um, but we don't know much about upcoming Battlestar still. And I'm kind of fine with it being pushed back because I want to keep watching this version and not be jumping back and forth. Sorry. I kind of spaced <laughs> out. <laughs> and this is the show. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> okay. No, I, I would be happy to get uh, more of this show under our belt in the podcasting universe before a new Battlestar Galactica comes out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Because we're going to want to talk about that one. And I don't know if we want to, like, pause this one and talk about it or no, keep going No, I want to finish the show. This show's so good. It deserves its own time, honestly. Like, yeah. if you're watching it, please watch it. Like, with us or without us. I know we had that long-ass hiatus. So, you know, you're probably episodes ahead of us by now if you're watching with us. Uh, there's also uh, Sam Esmel, who's developing the new Battlestar Galactica. He's also developing, like, three other shows for NBC. So, it sounds like he's doing a lot. We'll see. We'll see what Sam does. It's only just like the most beloved show. So good luck, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do our deep dive? Yes. Deep Space Dive. Let's break down some of our thoughts on the episode. You can share your thoughts with us through email, Facebook, or Twitter. Links are in the description. What do you want to start with? Uh, start with our Lord and Savior. <laughs> the one true God. <laughs> All the God talk. A lot of God talk. Really annoying. Especially when you're trying to get a boner. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they left too much room for him. You know, <laughs> it was upsetting. And I thought it was interesting that that was kind of the overlying arc with Gaius. Because he's like a scientist. And as a scientist, he's like, God isn't real. And, you know, it's easy for some dum-dums to believe in it, but I'm no dum-dum. And then we jump to a couple of scenes later, and he's a dum-dum praying to the one through God. Yeah, well, that was like his arc through this episode was breaking him down to the point that he's desperate. I think that's what religion does to people, though. It's like, it's not for people who are fulfilled, happy, and safe, you know? It's for people who are desperate, seeking, and in need. It's an answer to a question that society has not been able to give you because a lot of religions are based off of this idea of charity and community and love. And it's not something that secular society is thought to be built off of because of capitalism, all this other bullshit, you know, politics and everything else. Like, so I think it's really interesting that he's, Kind of because I am of the belief that like he says it to himself, you are just a manipulation of my mind. And mm -hmm. the number six in his mind um, abandons him at the same time that everybody else in the real world, his allies are abandoning him. And I thought that was like, yeah, that'll, that would make you have a come to Jesus moment. So yeah, because he goes through all his options. He he asks several people to help him and doesn't work out. He tries to take it into his own hands and break that computer and <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> like the, <laughs> there were, yeah. So he does, yeah. You're right. He does do a lot to try to remedy his own situation. When people get desperate, I think they do truly do like look for religion or some greater power, some larger force. Which, hey, if that's your journey, go for it. Good luck. I feel like that journey is kind of forced on him, though. Yeah. <laughs> all of this was manipulated. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting... And they do a lot of God stuff this show. There's a lot of... Which is unusual. Because I think they try to do that with Star Wars, with the Jedi. 
Jedi, like especially in episode one, two, and three with the whole like idea of Jedi being a religion, all this shit. But it, it kind of made that feel really forced too. And some of it feels forced in this show too. And it's just kind of it for me, it totally breaks me out of the fantasy sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I like it in this show and I like the uh, the idea of that they play with a lot of like all of this is part of prophecy. And I think you've told me before that you don't like that part of the show. Yeah, um, I think that's where we differ. We go off like we like the show. But yeah, there's different elements that we enjoy about but it. This episode is really like heavy handed with it's believing in God and the one God, yeah, the one God. And, and he's the- male, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know, she was very adamant about that while they were trying to get her zipper. Yeah. (laughs) And and like the the Cylon religion is such a parallel to Christianity or probably other monotheistic monotheistic religions where that like there's nothing subtle about the the parallel. No, no. And that's why I really didn't. I definitely had like a lot of eye roll moments, especially that image of him in jail pouring his heart out over his little cot. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that a lot. And it's a lot like you'd be surprised how many people are converted or find religion when they are incarcerated. And it's I think it's just like a, a tell of how inhumane incarceration is. I, I didn't like it. I did like his little frantic like run for it, though. Like he fucking pulled a fire alarm and <laughs> he went into the bathroom and stalked Gata. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, you know, he even confronted that woman in the bathroom. And yeah. I thought, oh, my God, this is the perfect time for her to yank a hair off of her or something. Get some DNA from that woman right now. Make her spit in your face. Do it. You know? Well, I think he's convinced that she's not real. She's just kind of made herself visible to everyone to torture him with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, but um, it was really interesting to see Adama and her interact and as soon as she like tried to put the moves on him he's like she's suspicious right because that like that is kind of her models uh, one Evasive of the personality <laughs> things like like she's the most like sexual cylon i don't know i think sharon's giving her a run for her money sharon is definitely the wettest cylon so wet <laughs> She had more scenes in the rain and the water today. Mm-hmm. It was not less than two minutes on screen where that woman started getting wet. <laughs> Literally, not even a minute in. You see her and then they throw her in this dirty river while they're running away from Cylons. <laughs> why is it that this woman is always wet? And why is it that you never noticed? How many times have you seen this show? I, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> something about it i think it's like i don't know it's kind of creepy to me i think part of it is just like they i think it's a sexualization of the asian female body but that's just me possibly i think on the production side they were struggling to like make caprica look different and one of the things they did is just like constantly having it raining yeah i guess my favorite thing is like running through rivers and fucking in the rain when i'm trying to run away from robotic soldiers and trucking through the mud you know just love that you'd think that they'd be able to find shelter and make shelter through means of like you know they're soldiers and they're trained they would have had a tent but no there's a shot of her 
and her spine lighting up, having intercourse with what's his name? Hilo. Hilo. God names. Uh, <laughs> and her and she's like, Rain is hitting her back. And it's just like ugh. sometimes it's kind of gross just how often this woman is wet. I hope she didn't catch pneumonia at one point. Cause I feel like she's a candidate. Like she's gonna get fluid in her lungs. But um it was also interesting to see her interacting on Galactica with that Cylon ship that Kira brought in, where she was caressing it and touching it and petting it and then talking about how it was a pet. And again, it was like kind of sensual. And it's just I don't know. Sometimes it's like you y'all need to calm down. And why don't we ever see the men doing stuff that all we get is that doctor. Doctor sucking on a cigarette. <laughs> oh, Doc Cottle was just like laying some hard truths to Left people and right, in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Left <laughs> and right. All the women get told yeah. by this male doctor that they wrong and they need to figure it out. One of them is not taking enough. <laughs> One of they're both also o- abusing medications. Yep. So it's very interesting uh, that Kara and the president have something in common, and that's their doctor. He looked nice when he went to see the doctor, the the president, though. He wasn't wearing his yeah, lab he, coat. He cleaned up. I think he had to, like, walk through that crowd of re- reporters, so he had to put on his uniform. Yeah, he couldn't look like a doctor. Um, yeah, I just, it's interesting that Sharon is all wet. And I think it was an observation I made the first time I watched the show, and the second time it's, like, even even more like pronounced now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode has a lot of comedy in it. And that's not typical. Like when you think of Battlestar Galactica, it's they do more of it in this first season, especially with Baltar. Yeah, he's um, a ham. Yeah. And all of his like social ineptitude because he's living in his head so much. I'm telling you, he's just walking around with a constant boner. <laughs> that's what it seems like. Like he's always just fucking in his mind and he's so inappropriate. <laughs> like he's just living in his mind and his mind is wonderful. Like I don't blame him his house like i think this is the most we've seen his house because he's like walking around the rooms looking for um number six yeah so like you see the modern aesthetic of the home and it's very very nice very and you could tell like he did very well for himself on caprica if if this is like a reflection of his domicile which i think it's supposed to be. yeah because we see his house in the miniseries before the bombs go up but you only see like one or two rooms like the bedroom and that like hallway where it blows up but in this one you see he has like a balcony that overlooks like this really beautiful like water feature i don't know if it's like an ocean or a lake or what um and then he has like a really nice dining room (laughs) i like (laughs) i like homes i think homes are really telling of who you are like how you put your things in there like he had really interesting art and like just objects that people you know knickknacks and shit but his were very like modern and aesthetic and i like how they are able to create that alternate world and it doesn't feel like the ship and i wish they could i guess it i can see how it was hard for them to do that with caprica like the real caprica post annihilation post doomsday but yeah i guess 
sepia tone and rain make make it change. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like that, though. And he was so funny. I think Baltar is like one of my favorite characters because of like the comedy that he brought to this episode. Well, it's so interesting because it's not like several comedic actors playing off each other. It's him doing the comedy and then like four straight men like with their blank faces like staring at him, especially that first scene when he goes into the CIC and meets Shelley Godfrey. Everyone like, can see her. <laughs> yeah. And like Adama and Ty and Gaeta are just like, what the fuck is happening? He's so rude to that woman. <laughs> He's so rude to that woman. <laughs> he was rude to fucking little Rihanna. I don't remember her name. D. 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 Yeah, he was so rude to D initially because he talks about how he could skip the foreplay. <laughs> and it was like, what did you say? And he's like, I talked to myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's kind of he is a person who may suffer from like schizophrenia. Yeah, like he's mentally experiencing something different. He's neurodivergent. He's got he's got something. And I kind of like that representation that they have because he might not be the only person with this kind of like mentality or mindset, but they don't treat him differently because of it, because he's quote unquote eccentric. I would argue they also see a need for him. And if there was another doctor of his standing that wasn't showing these qualities, they would probably favor that doctor. One who was more capable or able to like conduct himself in a more proper manner, you mean? Yeah. I don't know, I guess. But the thing is, he is the only one who can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why he got saved from Caprica. Yeah. Uh, I do find it interesting that Laura Roslin like kind of showed her cards of what she thinks of him. That was intense. I wonder if that was the side effects for the medication. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. So I think they address what those side effects are later. Oh, okay. It was interesting. You know what I thought was also interesting in relation to Laura? Mm Mm-hmm how poorly Billy does his job. Yeah. He sucks. (laughs) Another mediocre white man with a high ranking position doing a bad job and getting away. Literally (laughs) (laughs) announces through the airways that the president is unconscious and then has the worst press conference in the history of the new colonies (laughs) and thinks that he can close curtains against a mob of journalists to be like to say it's done that boy is dumb you think those journalists are gonna like respect that curtain hell no there should be like microphones poking through exactly exactly (laughs) um but yeah she was like cold-hearted he was so like he was crying he was trying so hard to be like laura baby come on you know me and she's like when she publicly exonerates him like he's giving her a look like their relationship dynamic has changed yeah yeah for sure it's severed and he will be more cautious around her because he knows that to some degree she's not wrong yeah well that's another thing that underlies all of this like everything he's being accused of he did except for that 
he wasn't in that actual photo. Right. He did different things to create the world ending like shit. I don't know what they call it again, but he fucked. He, he created that genocide or whatever they call it. Yeah. Like it's his fault. It is. That is a fact. But he was so adamantly in denial about it. Like he believes that he is not because he knows he wasn't that guy. Right. And he knows that homegirl is going to get like out for him. But yeah, like I think. Laura like there's something about Laura that is like inherently always right for the most part like we have not seen her miss yeah so like her instincts are correct they're like sharp as hell there's two sometimes it's like too sharp you know yeah and it's very interesting to see her kind of trying to do all of this while dealing with this other thing but yeah I I thought it was interesting that their relationship dynamic changed but I also really liked how the relationship dynamic between Baltar and Gaeta is now also very different. Yeah. Gaeta believes in them so much. Yeah. It was sweet. It was really sweet. <laughs> and <laughs> the line, I would never wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Baltar says that and I died. <laughs> I was like... He has so many little quips in this episode. And yes. Like the one where he gets caught trying to destroy the evidence of that picture and he just moves slightly to the left to cover <laughs> the screen. They're already arresting him and he's like trying to scoot over. <laughs> It was so stupid and perfect. There was one that went by so fast where she says that uh, Shelly Godfrey says that whatever that captain gave her that disc right bef- after or before he died. And he's like, Baltar's oh, isn't it like, convenient? Are you oh, sure it wasn't after? Yeah. He's like, oh, as opposed to after he died. <laughs> like, <what>? Yeah. <laughs> He was he was definitely a ham in this episode, and I really liked it. Um, another kind of storyline that they had was uh, Kara recovering and having multiple men come in and try to get her out of bed, which is different because usually it's the other way around, right? They're trying to get her into bed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you like that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I do like that the show, it, like her injury carries on into this episode. Like she still has a healing process to go through. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we pick up on a new day. Everyone's back to normal. Yeah. I think that makes it hard for some shows to do though because they're not formatted in that way like you don't get that with the office because they don't do arcs or storylines that are like that or like you know like any er show or line order or whatever there's very small amounts of that happening because you can pick up any like in between any season and kind of go in unless you've been watching for decades and then you know the arc well it was really hard for shows to do that um you know previous decades because i mean you just you couldn't rely on the audience having seen every episode because unless they're recording on their vcr or something you know they miss an episode then there's not always a good way to catch it yes that's Whereas now true. we just watch whenever we want. Right. But before TiVo, I think a lot of people couldn't access television right away. And yeah, you would just be like the Golden Girls like or any show. Yeah, that's right. So this show is kind of controversial in that way, I guess. Where either you know or you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, in this era, we're starting to see more shows come about like this, like... 
you know, we were watching Buffy recently and that show was kind of unique in that it was telling these longer story arcs with, you know, episodic monster of the week stuff in there as well. But I mean, this comes out in 2003, four. So like, yeah, I mean, people are starting to get DVDs and they're getting uh, just ways to record a show and keep up with it and be able to tell, you know, a 13 hour story as opposed to 13 one hour stories. Yeah. The future. Uh, do you have any other discussion points to bring up? Um, I like that it took Colonel Ty to get Kara out of bed and her hatred for that man. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. They are good at hating each other. They are. And I also thought it was interesting. And I hope that they kind of build on um, Sharon being afraid of being caught as a Cylon because she's she's still not sure in this scenario the galactica sharon has no idea yeah that she's but she feels it you can tell that there's something about her like she knows that there's something amiss and i am really interested to see that develop as we go because somebody wrote that on her window or her mirror in her locker yeah and i i feel like it might have been homegirl um godless god god free oh. what was her name Shelly godfrey yeah godfrey it was interesting that her name was oh. godfrey too yeah that just hit me that's probably intentional <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah sharon is really like trying to push away these thoughts and doubts that she's having and it's like right. haunting her right and i guess we can talk more about it during brace for impact because there's some stuff that could be spoiled yeah our spoiler section yeah will be coming up soon but for now vibe check vibe check did we like the episode overall how does it stand the test of time Vibe check. I liked it. It was funny. A little gaudy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I live in America, so you know, there's a church around every corner in my house. So it was a uh, it was good. I liked it. It it moved the story forward. It like we haven't watched this show in like seven months, so it was really good to watch it again. It was a good episode. Yeah, and uh, I've known for months that like this is the next episode we're gonna be watching, and I wasn't terribly excited about it. Not that I I don't like it. I knew I kind of was thinking of it as a um, kind of middle of the road season yeah. one episode and actually like it a lot more than I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of comedy and yeah, I mean, just I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, it moves the plot forward, which is good. Yeah. And like I said, like it is really heavy handy handed with the God stuff, but it, I think it was unnecessary to push Baltar that far so that his journey can move forward. Well, and you like the God stuff. So it's okay to like it. <laughs> it's interesting. It's just for me, it's basic. But yeah, yeah. it was good. It was a good one for 2000 and. Uh 20, 2004, this shit is like innovative, outrageous, incredible. Can't say any, you know, there's so much you can say about it that's great. So yeah, it was awesome. I wish I would have watched it in 2004. Maybe I would be a better person. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it passes the vibe check though, for sure. How did you feel about the the like photo enhancement thing? Like it wasn't as cliche as it could have been. It wasn't like zoom and enhance. Like there was a, a long process it's going to take a long time, like a lot of processing power to like decode this photo. Yeah. I mean, it's somewhat that's like a plot device to make this last a long period of time. Give more suspense. But it wasn't like a 
CSI thing where like we can click a button and it goes from this like (laughs) pixelated image to a clear crisp picture. Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I thought it was interesting. I think the part that I felt was kind of meh was that it ended up being all simulated. It would have been cool to see that it was maybe like a mask, like a digital mask on another Cylon. Yeah, it was okay. I'm not mad at it. I I did appreciate the fact that they didn't just, that they zoomed in and it was still blurry. Right. That was good. That's (laughs) authentic. That's, that's like, even in the future, like that's not going to be really a thing we can do until, you know, we process it and digitize it. And like, yeah, I get that. I like that. Cool. Just curious. Yeah. Astral Queen. Who was the standout character in the episode? Well, you know who I'm going to pick. I think I already gave it away a little when I said Baltar was really good in this episode. (laughs) And I really like him. So, yeah, he's my Astral Queen because, you know, he beat them charges. He pushed the bitch in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) He insulted many women. So... That's what wins in your book. (laughs) For 2004, yes. (laughs) He was just comedy. Like, he was so funny and he was panicking. And I think there was moments where he was himself the most. Like, this is this character. He embodied this nerdy, nervous science geek so well and i love that like that that is the character that i come for literally and figuratively not just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but it's it it was really good and it was fun to see him like pacing around and doing the funny thing yeah he's my astro queen this this episode and then i think second would be kara because she got out of bed and she got in that cylon and you know made it purr like a did what no one else could yeah with a broken leg so yeah i mean i think baltar is like the obvious choice for this episode um i do sometimes i think about like well who's like saves the day in the episode and that's kind of gata you're right i like that choice so i'm maybe i will go with gata because he's able to multitask and listen while he's pooping It didn't look like his pants were down when he was sitting in there. No. And then when they put the, you know, they had the little like talking between a crack. It looked Mm -hmm. like he was like looking right at that camera or whatever. Like it didn't look like he was turning his head to talk. It looked like it was like right in front, like just really (laughs) centered on his face. And I wish there was like a shadow to make it look or like a little bit less of his face showing, but it was really centered and it looked like he would like turned around on the toilet to talk to (laughs) Baltar. And I was wondering, where is this crack in between these two toilets? I don't know, but it looked like they were trying to look at each other in my in the way that I read it. And I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I I don't understand that. And either way, it was really dark like why is that bathroom so why is their faces so darkly lit i don't know it was kind of it kind of fucked with my mind a little bit i i could have done it without the faces 
I like the feet and the, the posturing the of the acting. feet. Yeah, the feet acting where Gaeta puts his feet together, like pigeon toed in when he's like a little anxious about some of the questions. And I wish they would have put the pants lower, at least on Gaeta. So you're Baltar, I'm Gaeta. And they hug, so it's all fun. Yeah. Sexy hugs in jail cells. Cool. Well, that is the, the end of the main part of our episode. We're going to go into some spoilers here if we have any that we want to talk about. So if you haven't seen the show all the way and don't want to be spoiled, this is your time to check out, clock off, go home, and you've been warned. Let's put our living stereo stylus in this groove. Race for impact. Spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen the whole series, now is the time to say goodbye. Remember, you can contact us at spacingoutpod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Share your thoughts and be a part of the discussion. Spoilers in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Do you know why we call it Brace for Impact, dear listener? We call our spoiler section Brace for Impact because there's an episode of Battlestar Galactica where there's going to be impact and General Commander Commander Adama, instead of making a ship-wide announcement, says Brace for Impact, almost whispering it. Yeah, and it's I, in the miniseries. It's like the first attack that they're under. Yeah, and I just thought it was so he, ridiculous he and hilarious. He whispers at the Colonel Ty and yeah. no one else. <laughs> So, good on ya. Okay, so the part where Sharon was, like, caressing the Cylon ship, Uh she was having a conversation with the Cylon. What do you mean? Homeboy. Oh. Chief. Chief Tyrrell. He's a fucking Cylon, too. And I think there was a part of him that was like, this bitch needs to cool her shit. Like, internally, I think he knew that he's like, girl, are you okay? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like, there's a part of her that is more aware of her Cylon-ness, but I think his Cylon-ness is... I think he's like an older model, right? Yeah, so he's one of the final five and that they they were different because they weren't created by... Cylons. They, they were created by different humans, basically. Right, yeah, and I think part of that was why he couldn't relate to that ship the same way that she could. And I think it was also like this, I think, and this is just my theory, is that it's like self-preservation on his part. Like he's more able to do that because he's existed longer as a Cylon body. That he's not like humping, dry humping the fucking equipment, you know? (laughs) And I think there has to be like a disconnect because he's crawling around a fellow Cylon. And if he was aware of that connection, it would be like, it would make him malfunction to the degree that where he couldn't function anymore. You know what I mean? It it, it would break him in a way to be crawling around the guts of your pet Because, I I mean, I don't know. I'd be like, and he didn't say, well, why don't you crawl in and check it out? I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting interaction. Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, say you're wrong or anything. I just don't 
go that direction with like that they're doing things on like a subconscious level for perseverance. Like I think that Chief Tyrrell was like programmed to believe that he is this person and nothing beyond that. I don't know. He's done a lot to cover her ass though. A lot. And yeah. she's fucked up a lot. And I don't think I don't think that love is like the right thing that's actually covering her. Like I don't think love is the reason every time. I guess but like I mean it's all been Hearsay. it's all like retconned because they didn't write this with the intention of Tyrrell being a Cylon. Like they wrote him as a person who's making all these choices. Okay. And then later they decided he's, he's gonna be a Cylon. Okay. But the look he gives her when she's touching that Cylon, it's very like sis you sus. Like, friend, what are you doing? <laughs> You're dancing really close to that, like, fire, and you better be careful. Um, do you have any theories or ideas or knowledge of who wrote Cylon on Sharon's locker? I think we eventually find out. I think that's also in the plan. Okay, so you think it's Godfrey? Maybe. I, I honestly don't remember, but I do think there's a definite answer. Okay, we don't know the answer, <laughs> but you might know it. Let us know <laughs> with spoiler alerts, obviously. <laughs> but I don't like that yellow marker. It was gross. It looked like silent boogers. Well, I'm sure they didn't have all the options of colors. Okay, so do you think Sharon got pregnant during the scene that we saw her last in? Because I know she's pregnant, right? She gets pregnant, right? She's the pregnant Cylon? She... maybe. Doesn't Cheryl... Hero? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely have a child. I'm trying to think. That might be. That might be the moment. I think we watched the moment she gets impregnated this episode. Very interesting. Yeah, I did want to mention that the glowing spine thing we never see again. It's never mentioned. <laughs> This is the second time we've seen it, and it's, it's no longer part of the show. Really? Yeah. That's so sad. So this is the last time we see somebody glowing. Yep. Darn. Do you think it's like leveling up or something? Like health points are going up? Or like? I, I mean, maybe it doesn't happen every time they have sex. Maybe it is like a love thing. Like they're leveling up emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what like we find out that the Cylons are trying to figure out how to procreate and they think that love is the missing factor. That's why this whole thing with the second boomer and Hilo is being orchestrated. Yeah. And number six is not jealous. She's jealous. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good show. I'm excited. And I, I feel like I've forgotten enough of it now that it <laughs> right. feels pretty new. I know. I feel like we're starting a new season, but we're right in the middle of season one. Yeah. I'm excited to see more. Um, is that, are we good now? Is that it? Are we done spacing out? I think we have spaced out as far as we can. All right. And well, that is it. We'll see you out there. Next time we will cover Battlestar Galactica season one, episode eight, Flesh and Bone. We hope you will join us. So say we all. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.